0: hello welcome to whole human today we get to look at mary and talk about peace we looked at zechariah and hope last week really seeing how god knows our messiness and he meets us there and he's gentle with that place Um, and so now we get to look to mary for our next step if you'd like to grow in your relationship with god the father i invite you to check out the Known program I developed with my partner, Dr. Matt Bruninger. You can look up more about that program on KnownByTheFather.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to week two. Today, we get to look at Mary for our next step.
1: Okay, I'm going to read the reading, and Isaac's going to give a meditation on it. This is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. It's the birth of Jesus foretold. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, who was is barren, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, Mary answered. May it be done unto me according to your word. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humbleness of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and returned home. Thanks, Matt.
0: Okay, so I have a lot i want to say today Um, but i want to start referring back to zechariah because we are we were talking last time about how we can see that story originally as like initially as as a punishment and like this tense relationship between god and zechariah but this has been sticking out to me more and more is jesus becomes flesh so he's conceived in mary's womb and where's the first place he goes? He's like, he hustles over to Zachariah's house to be with him. Like he wants to show Zachariah how close he is. His is like first, <laughs> in the flesh, the first person he wants to go visit is his friend Zachariah. His friend who who's doubting, who's having some trouble. He's like, oh, I want to go be with that guy. Be really close to him and then there's urgency like his urgency becomes Mary's urgency in going to going to his friend's house so i just wanted to throw that out there again as as part of the reflection on zechariah but for mary i want to talk about i kind of have everything revolve around how does mary say yes like how does she come to the point of saying yes and i was reflecting because there's so many comparisons between mary and eve it's really interesting in that Eve is in the garden. There's no evil in the world. There's no no brokenness. There's no corruption in the world. And then within that space of blessedness, of goodness and perfection, she says no. Mary also is preserved from original sin. She's just like Eve, actually, in in a way, without sin. But all around her is sin. All around her is brokenness and destruction and evil. Like for Mary it's not that she's just like in a bubble. <laughs> she's not in a a sinless bubble. She herself is without sin, but she sees how destructive the world is, how messed up the world is. Like th- this is in the middle of a Roman occupation of the Jews. So she she sees violence, she sees corruption. And so she's asked to say yes to God within a world that is so broken and evil and messed up. She's asked to say yes to God in the same world we are asked to say yes to God with the same amount of brokenness and evil. She sees that. And so how does she say yes? How does she have this place of trust in God's goodness? Because this is the question that we also get to ask. It's actually a very important question for us. How do we say yes? when we know the evil in the world? How are we trusting God's love, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's promises to us? When we look around, we don't have to look very far to see so much pain, so much hurt, so much division, deception, evil, corruption. And so we get to follow Mary because we actually want to say the same yes, but we're scared. We're scared, we're skeptical, we doubt. The evil seems too big. The evil seems bigger than God when we look around. And so I want to talk about how Mary says yes. I wanna I wanna start with her answer to break it down. So the angel comes and says a whole bunch of impossible, hard to understand things, and she's like, Whoa, what's going on here? And then To answer her question, the angel says, kind of more impossible, hard to understand things. And after that, Mary says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Another common translation is, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And so there's there's three steps that she takes. There's three pieces to her yes. And the first is presence to the Lord. Behold, I've, I've been so loving the word behold, because it's Mary saying, look at me, here I am, look at me. She's showing up with her full self to be before the gaze of the Father, to be before the gaze of the Lord. So her first move is to be looked at, is to arrive showing herself, here am I, look at me behold me, see me. This is the exact opposite of Adam and Eve after the fall, right? They're hiding. God's looking for them. Where are you? She's answering God's question (laughs) where God asks, where are you? And she says, here am I. Look at me. Here am I. So her first step is to be looked at. And then her second step I am the servant of the Lord. I am the handmaid of the Lord. So within being looked at, as the father looks at her, her second step is to state her identity. This is who I am. Look at me. And while you're looking at me, see who I am. And I see who I am as you look at me. So the first step she takes is to present herself to the Lord, to present herself to God. And the second step is to to speak her identity. This is who I am. I am the handmaid of the Lord. I am the servant of the Lord. And it is within those two steps that she can say, your will be done. Let it be with me according to your word. So her last step is to align her will to the will of the one looking at her. I can read Mary so often in a sterile way. I'm just like, all right, she's just perfectly accepting and agreeing to all the things that God's asking. But she's saying this yes, she's aligning her will with the one who's looking at her. So she is seen and known and loved. And then she's like, do as you will with me, because you see me and you know me and you love me. So her yes comes out of not looking around at the world and all the destruction that's there and trying to, like, in her head calculate if God's better than the evil. Her yes comes out of presenting herself, being before the Lord, being looked at by the Father, and within his love, knowing herself, knowing herself as a relationship with this Father. Because her identity is, I am your servant, I am your handmaid. Her identity is relational. I'm the one who gets to belong to you and serve you. And so then her yes comes out of that safety, that security that is being seen and known and loved by the father and looking back at him, knowing herself to belong to him. And so that's why she can say yes in the face of not knowing what the future is going to bring, what scandal is going to come up, or how that's going to affect her relationship with Joseph, or how it's going to affect her community. She doesn't know. She doesn't even really understand the words that the angels saying. Like, that'd be my guess, <laughs> because I'm looking at these words the angels saying, I'm like, that doesn't make much sense, because it's something that's never happened before. So she's she's not saying yes, because she understands. She's not saying yes because she is naive to the evil, but she's saying yes because she is known and loved by the Father, and she sees the Father. That's where our yes is called to. That's how we're called to say yes, too. I I was pretty grumpy today. We haven't been getting tons of sleep, and then woke up, had a good three hours with the boys from like six to nine, and then like had a little bit of a crash where I was just like all of a sudden grumpy, tried to take a nap, woke up, was still grumpy. And then I got to go to confession. And because I I had been preparing this reflection, it was so clear that that's what I was doing. I'm going to confession and I'm saying, here, here am I. Look at me. You see how broken I am. You see how little I love. But I'm presenting myself to you. Here am I. Look at me. Look at me here. And then, in presenting myself to you and showing you all the things I'd like to hide, which is such a beauty of confession—it's that constant call to reverse the hiding of Adam and Eve. And then, in looking at you, showing myself to you, you restore to me my own identity. Like when the the, the priest was like, "Be at peace now," <laughs> because every time you come to ask for forgiveness, you're given forgiveness, and so my identity as beloved as loved by you that you've now seen how ugly i can be and your response is i love you i forgive you follow me i'm restored to my own identity and then from there i can say yes yes lord i'm sorry for the ways that i've sinned and i want to start again i want to follow you i want to give you my heart i want to be all yours I think this is the same pattern. We're always asked to say yes. From a priest, I really love, um, shared this prayer that he would he would just regularly say, that I've picked up and now I love. It's just Jesus, look at me now. So every time he's embarrassed, Jesus, look at me now. Uh, or every time he's like noticing he's over <laughs> Jesus, look at me now. Look at me now, because it's within that gaze. It's where I am seen and known and loved that I can really say yes again. What, what happens when you have a secure attachment to someone is it's actually that relationship that makes you feel safe. This is like with kids, they can explore their world when they have a safe connection with their parent. And so when we have a safe connection with the father, what happens? We see it in Mary. She's full of wonder and zeal and passion. She can go out. She can get this like amazing angel news and have her life just totally turned around. And then she's like already hustling. She's like, I gotta get to <laughs> I gotta get to Elizabeth because we've got things to talk about. And this is amazing. And wow. And then she bursts through the door and Elizabeth's super excited. And then she's like, God's so great. And then they just have this amazing heart to heart, but it's full of passion and zeal and wonder. You can look at the these two different stories of Zechariah and Mary and say, like, what's the difference? Zechariah says, how can I know this? And, and Mary says, how can this be? And then they both give their best reason why it, that what God is asking them is impossible. It's like, that's the same thing, isn't it? But Zechariah's response is just his brain. He's trying to get control. He's trying to hide his heart. Whereas Mary, as soon as the angel shows up, She's perplexed and ponders. That's her brain and her heart. Like it, it, the refrain of Mary is that she pondered all things in her, her heart, treasured them in her heart. So pondering is is an indication of Mary's heart on the line already. And then perplexed is like her brain's also trying to figure it out. So something new comes up, it's like an angel appears and she's like, her brain and her heart are like moving towards it. She's moving towards the life that's that's showing up. Then the angel says all these things, and she's like, "Whoa! How's that gonna happen? That's amazing! Because I'm a virgin, and everything I know about life, that doesn't really work." <laughs> Whoa! Like think of it just as an answer that's as like a question that's full of wonder. How can that happen? It's so cool. She like wants to be a part of it. She wants to know what her role is and what she's got to do, but full of wonder. Her brain still doesn't understand. Her heart still doesn't understand. But she's like, whoa, whoa. She lets God be bigger than her. And she's amazed by it. She's pulled in by it. I want to be part of this thing that's going on. I want to be part of what you've got going on. And you see this over and over again with Mary, that she's pondering things, holding them in her heart these things that she's not expecting these things that are throwing her off she goes to have a baby and then a bunch of shepherds show up and she's like whoa what is this lord she's treasuring it she's pondering it she's taking the events that are happening to her and say saying this is precious i don't actually really understand it but this is precious to me she loses the the boy jesus in the temple and is freaking out, looking for him for three days. And then Jesus says something, don't you know I need to be in my father's house? And it explicitly says they didn't understand what he was talking about. But Mary takes that situation and treasures it, ponders it, holds it. That's so different than the way we control or shut down or analyze. So it's not like these are all pleasant situations that Mary just got all the pleasant situations. But what Mary does in front of life is receive it hold it, love it, treasure it, whatever the circumstance. It's an angel showing up. It's a shepherd showing up. It's losing her kid. There's a, there's a sense that she's like, whoa, what are you doing, Lord? Whoa, I want to be a part of this. This is beyond me. This is beyond what I understand. This isn't how I thought Jesus would love me by running away to the temple. But I want like I want to sit with that. I want to hold that. I want to accept the life that you give me. And it's all from this place of security that says, you see me, behold me. Here I am right before you, Father. And in you, I know myself. I know that I'm so loved by you. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm in. Here I am. I'm in. Here I am, a beloved daughter, a beloved son of the Father. I'm in. Okay, this is the way. I'm in. And she doesn't, she's not focused on trying to figure it out. Like the the visit to Elizabeth is three months. So if you look at this from like Joseph's perspective, <laughs> all of a sudden she's pregnant. She takes off for three months. Nobody knows where she is. And she comes back visibly pregnant, <laughs> starting to show. Like it's like set up to be to be misunderstood. But she's not worried about it because she knows who she is. She receives the life that shows up before her. She knows who she, she is to the Father and who the Father is to her. I just want to like just repeat again the thing I've been repeating is how do we say yes when we see all the brokenness and evil that surrounds us, all the pain, all the hurt, all the confusion, all the things that don't quite make sense? How are we called to say yes? We aren't called to figure it out. We're called to present ourselves before the Father, say, here am I. Look at me, behold me, look at me now. And then in his gaze, know ourselves again and then secure in that identity, say, okay, your will be done, not mine. I'll follow you. I want to give a little pitch about our known program. We talked a lot about security, relationship security with God, the father. And that might be really hard even to just hear it for some people. Um, to be presented before the Father, that there can be a lot of wound or distrust or anxiety there. That's okay. The GNOME program, but it's it's about healing that attachment with God the Father. So being able to be honest with the wounds and insecurity and discomfort that's there, and the anger that might be there. Um, But then being able to open up space to heal and regain security with God the Father and allowing that security with him to be the source of wonder and exploration for the rest of your life. So it's an amazing program. Our next cohort starts middle of January. Thank you. Have an amazing night and I'll see you next week. Hey, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave a review on your podcast app and share this with a friend. I also want to remind you to check out the Known program, Known, Embraced by the Heart of the Father. You can find it at KnownByTheFather.com, it's amazing.